Hey, 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 love and light to each and every one of you guys. Welcome to the Dope Black Chick Podcast, your audio guide to releasing your dopeness. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Dope Black Chick Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Isis Thomas, the creator and founder of IHearThatGirl.com, an empowerment lifestyle site for black women. And um, while you're listening to this amazing podcast, I don't want you to multitask. That's something new I don't want you guys to do, but I do want you to note <laughs> and head on over to IHearThatGirl.com. Check out all of the amazing articles that we have available for you on this website, okay? So I got that out of the way. I have to do that every show because it's imperative that you guys know from whence this show even came. I Hear That Girl is the brainchild. Um, is really like my baby, the birth of how I would use my superpower, which is my voice, to um, empower and, and be the voice of the voiceless, which would be, in my case, in my perspective, black women. And so I wield this weapon, which is my voice, um, very honorably, as well as precisely in what I speak of. And so today's topic um, just fits perfectly with how I open the show regularly each week, highlighting IHearThatGirl.com. Because when I created I Hear That Girl, I created the website because there was a lack of positive perceptions of black womanhood. Now, at the time, I think I was 26, 27. And I just knew that what I was seeing and hearing in mass media did not reflect the reality of the life that I was living, right? So... Mind you, this was many moons ago. Okay, we're talking 14 years. Damn. Yeah, it was 14 years ago. And I was working in radio and um, for Urban Station with Radio 1. And I was a midday show host. And I had to play music that I did not feel represented black women to the best. In the best light, Okay. Um, and so during that time, you know, I would just go in the studio and turn the music down or whatever and just turn it back up when it's time for me to speak. So it wasn't until my, my niece said to me that one of the people she looks up to was Nicki Minaj. (laughs) I was like, what? So, nothing against the sister. I'm just saying. Um, I was like, okay, what else? You know? And there there wasn't much that she was saying. And, and I was like, why do you like this person? And the answer was just like physical. Like, oh, she's pretty. And, you know, everybody likes her. Surface stuff, you know? 
And I was like, well, there are so many other people. And I think I remember I said to her, when I was your age, I was I thought Claire Huxtable was everything because she was smart. She was witty. She was, you know, and I'm going through this stuff and she's looking at me like, mm, okay. So <laughs> I knew then, okay, I'm, I'm talking to a different generation and I understood that. So I understood that there would be different role models for each generation. My thing was I needed to provide the role models that I would much rather my niece see, right? And I wanted to be in control of that. And so that is why I created I Hear That Girl because the reality of what I had seen, you know, and the people that I knew, I knew more people that were Claire Huxtable-like than I knew Nicki Minaj-like. Not that I didn't know anybody that was Nicki Minaj-like-esque, but I knew more Claire-esque people, you know, um, big fun Vanessa people. You know, these those were the people I knew that was the reality of my life at that time. And so I created a platform where let's look at the truth of what black womenhood is and showcase that. Because it's so much, we're so much more diverse than Nicki Minaj. Not saying there's anything wrong with sis. Please hear me. Not saying there's anything wrong with sis. But there are so many other versions of black women than just the one they want to throw in your face. Okay? So I knew, let me give her a a diverse platform. And that's how I created I Hear That Girl. Saying all that to say this, the profitability of blackness is what we are talking about today. 10 plus years ago when I started, I hear that girl. There was no profitability in taking upon the role that I took. There was no profitability in trying to pioneer positivity for black women. There was no, I literally had PR reps tell me that the stories I'm trying to put out on my website, be it positive in nature, would not line my pockets. You know, at that time, we were just entering the whole real housewives of this and Atlanta and just all of that type of reality TV was taking its grip. And I kept turning down stories about those women. I did not want to um, highlight anything negative about black women on my website. I didn't do gossip mill stuff. I didn't do any of this stuff. So I was told like, okay, well, if you don't take these stories, I just want you to know, you know, your traffic's not going to be high. You're not going to make a lot of money. And I was well aware of that. And I was like, okay, so be it. Also, I had the foresight (laughs) to know that nothing is new under the sun and that it will, there will come a time when this is played out, right? So anyway, I have to give you guys the background of why I created the platform I, I created because of the lack right? Hold on to that. That's the keynote I want you to know. There was a lack for black women 
And so I created a platform to fill that void. So as we talk about the profitability of blackness, I hear over and over this year specifically diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion is a term that we keep hearing more and more of, but I've come to notice that the people benefiting the most from diversity and inclusion aren't actually the people who fought so damn hard to be diverse and inclusive. (laughs) So, aka black folks. And I just, you know, I had a series of events happen over the past two months because this is February literally January to now these things have happened I'm going to go through these things and tell you how um pissed off I got just enduring some of these things and then I'm going to state my case of the profitability of blackness and I would love to hear your thoughts so here we go The first thing that came about during this whole diversity and inclusion um, soiree we're having in the world, um, you know businesses, a lot of businesses are doing so to A, save face for their businesses. I had a conversation with my sister and she was saying how, um, you know, her company has been really vocal about diversity and inclusion. And then she said, but the people that they chose for the diversity and inclusion panel was not us. (laughs) You know, she said it was just so crazy. She was like, you know, we asked when they said they were going to have this panel to discuss these issues that, you know, how do we sign up to be on the panel? And they say, oh, we're gathering people. And so she says, when it comes time for this panel discussion for diversity and inclusion, they've got uh, Pacific Islanders on it. They have um, Canadians on it. They've got white women on it. But there was not a one black person on the panel. She was like, now how is this inclusive? You know, and and the issue that we get into here is the fact that when you use the term diversity and inclusion, it basically gives you the loophole to ignore again black people as long as you include someone who isn't usually included, any other minority. <laughs> I can just see why people like in the boardroom, hey, we're going to be diverse and inclusive, less fine and Eskimo. <laughs> you know, it's like, even though there's been a black person screaming at you for the past 400 years, I have an issue. I have an issue. I have an issue when it's time to address said issue. You use someone in the back who didn't say anything, but you use them and say, let's have a dialogue with you 
Manuel or whoever, you know, you may be. Maybe you're a foreigner. Whoever you are, let's talk about immigrant rights. Like immediately now we're talking about immigrants and ignoring the person who was knocking outside your door. So let me give you guys the rundown. So that's the conversation I was having with my sister, which really just took me over. And I was just like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sick of it. So let me give you all this, this rundown of things. So the other day I was at Barnes and Noble, right? So I'm at Barnes and Noble and I'm walking through just looking at, you know, some of the books and there's this, they have this, um, table set up in the middle where there are these um it's supposedly diverse writers that's the the title diverse writers um and it's black history month so i see lots of black books it looks like um I, there's this cover and it has these two black um people on it and I'm like, oh, this is cool, little, you know, romantic book or whatever. And I flip it over and there's this Indian woman on it. And I'm like, wow, she's the author. Okay. Um, so I put that down and I, I walk on to sit down and I'm seething right now because it bothers me. It bothers me. Now, let me just say this and I'm going to be very clear with what I say. The term people of color, the term women of color, I do not, cannot, will not stand for. Because my issue with the POCs and the WOCs is that when the blacks say something, a lot of time the POCs and the WOCs are silent, right? But when the blacks get legislation changed when the blacks open up opportunities then the POCs and the WOCs are flowing through and rushing towards the gate of opportunity and they benefit from the gate of opportunity the gate that we could have knocked down had we gone through together but sadly, sadly, it is a common misconception amongst POCs and WOCs. By that, I mean people of color and women of color. There are, there's a huge misconception that if I am a minority other than black, to associate with that minority, quote unquote, black people, is bad for me. It does not serve me. It will not help my cause to achieve the American dream. Therefore, as a POC or a WOC, I am going to stay as far away from those black folks as possible so that they do not smur my name. Yes, that is sadly a common misconception amongst other minorities. I'm not even going to call them PLCs anymore. Other minorities feel that way. And I, I I, wish I could just have a group of them to say, you know, guys, if we were all working together, we wouldn't be a minority. That's all. Like, some, I think we could get so much more done faster 
if I had an entire Asian group behind me, if I had an entire, you know, Hindu group behind me, I don't care who you are. All the others were behind us. Imagine if they were screaming just as loud as we are. If they screamed with us and didn't shake their head or run away from us when we're making all this noise. If you would stand in solidarity with us. Imagine how much more we could achieve. But alas, that never happens. Instead, everyone cowers to their corner and they say, let the black folks scream. Let the black folks fight. Let the black folks go through what they need to go through. And if something does happen or come from their efforts, we'll all benefit. Right? So that pisses me off to an entirely extreme level that I cannot even, you know, articulate in this 20-minute conversation on this podcast. So I'm not even going to really dust the table off there. But I'll just let y'all know that's where I'm at right that. Okay? So with that being said, I have always been very clear with I Hear That Girl that it is an empowerment lifestyle site for black women. I have never once said it is an empowerment lifestyle site for women of color. I have never once said it is an empowerment lifestyle site for people of color. I don't talk that way. If you ever see that, it is a lie. It's spam. I don't say that because I'm very clear about who I am standing up for and who I'm speaking for and the void I am feeling is for black women. Okay. So with this being said, I get these pitches from different PR um, agents that really want to get their client's story out there. And so since January, I've been inundated with stories about women who are doing great things I've had stories from white women who are doing great things. And I'm like, I didn't say an empowerment lifestyle site for women. So why are you sending me this? Then, you know, I get the pitch that says, you know, it's an amazing story about two women who have minority women that are doing great things. I didn't say empowerment lifestyle site for latin women why am i receiving this and then y'all this was the funniest one which came today i get this email and it's a pitch for an author this author it says that this is how the agent frames it it's like i have a great story about a minority woman who has this great book i knew it immediately Because they use the term minority, that this was not a black person. Okay, I already knew that because if it was black, you would have said a black or African-American woman, author. You would have said that to me. You would have been clear. That's the way to get your client to the top of the pack when you're emailing a company that focuses on black women, right? So you would have definitely put in there African-American author, black author, you would have said that. Black female author. You would have put that there so it would be like, oh, she's going to see this and she's going to love it. So the fact that you say minority, 
made me giggle. So as I continue to scroll, because I had a little bit of time today, I thought to myself, hey, I wonder what lengths are they going to go to try and obscure the fact that this is not a black person from me. So I scroll down and I was like, I wonder which minority this group is. I am so excited to see which minority, because even with everything that I've said, when I read about you know, Latin women doing amazing things. I'm happy for them. When I read about Indian women doing amazing things, I am ecstatic about it. When I read about Asian women having great businesses, I am super, super proud. Don't get it twisted. I am proud of people of color. But the sight, I hit a girl. Oh, no, I hit a girl about black women. So anyway, I scroll down, guys, and I'm looking, and I see, you know, they're, they're giving me the breakdown of the story, and I see the woman's name, and I'm like, that's definitely not, it's definitely not a black person's name. It's definitely not, doesn't have any Latin flavor to it. It doesn't really have any Indian flavor to it. So I'm like, okay, let me check it, check this out some more. I scroll down some more, guys. The picture is in black and white. So they have given me a black and white image because they don't really want me to know and guess what kind of minority they say this person is? She's Greek. I'm not lying. She's a Greek author. I didn't know that Greek was a minority. But now I'm aware. This is why I'm going to say again, it pays to be black as long as you are not actually black. So somewhere in America, this woman is pitching herself as a minority and she's probably filling out grants for minorities because she can say I'm Greek. And <laughs> that, that means I should get this grant. And, 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 and she's, you know, pushing herself during, um, she's pushing herself as a minority woman that needs to be focused on knowing that many companies right now are very interested in minority women to speak at their functions to highlight and you know just so that they can seem as if they are down for the people this is what's happening this is what's happening being black is profitable as long as you're not black as long as you're not black i got another uh pitch about a wellness app that they tried to send me. I mean they're thinking of all these ways right so there was this wellness app the way that it was titled was like you know, um, uh, meditation to help, help black people, people, no, to help black people deal with the trauma of systemic racism. Right. So I'm like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Let's look at this. And I scroll through and they're like, you know, the person that's hosting the meditation, you know, and to see, those are the words you have to look at. Cause it started out saying the app, and then it says the meditation. So I look and I'm like the meditation. Okay. So this lady's black, but she's hosting the meditation. So then I go further. I go a little bit further guys. Cause they almost had me. I was like, Oh, sis got an app. Sis has an app. And these are going to be great meditations for us. And I go to the um, landing page and I start to see that. They have like therapists on the app and she's one of the therapists and out of all like nine or 10 therapists, she's the only black person on the app and she only has one meditation on the app. So you want me to put in front of my audience 
a story about a wellness app and and you want to turn the turn the title in a way that makes us believe this app is for black people when in actuality is just one meditation that's for black people you see what i'm saying if that's the case i might as well go over to another app that i use that is for black people right like it just but there's money to be made right now with that because you know black people are dealing with severe trauma from systemic racism so let me you know turn the point or focus the 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 thought of my app that i have for sale here and let them think that it's beneficial it was created for them and you know it, and then you know in all reality that it was not. I'm going pretty long on this because I told you I knew this was going to go long because I, it's so much. This, if you go back and listen to one of the other episodes I had um, that talks about all the little things, all the 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 the, the microaggressions episode. This is it. This is microaggression. I felt like I was being emailed microaggressions because I even began to reply to these PR reps and say, you must didn't look at my website. There's no way you could have gone through the website because if you go through the website, you know that your client does not fit my criteria. Why are you sending me information? And so is there's that privilege there that thinks that you can get away with it or is the idea that you think black people, when we say we care about black people. That means all minorities. So you group all of us. And basically what you are doing is you are silencing or attempting to silence the voice that I am here to stand up for. I only want to tell the stories of black women. Not saying that those stories aren't great for other minorities. But I... I, Kimberly Isis, Thomas, is only on board to tell the stories of black women. That is the voice that I am speaking for. And so, yeah, that, you know, oh my God. I just feel like the diversity term, buzzword, you know, the people of color buzzword, the women of color. It's just a way to overlook black people, black voices. It's just a way to do that because then everyone's a minority, you know? Women, foreigners, Greek people, obviously. I didn't had no idea that Greek people were minorities, but now I am aware. Like, so now everybody's a minority. And again, you ignore the person who's been knocking at your door, marching in your streets, being accosted by police, accosted by dogs, and, and water hosed in the streets. We're not going to talk to them. We'll talk to their Asian friends down the street. Really? It just really pisses me off. That everyone else can benefit from the experience of black people except for black people. I'm going to end it there. I don't have a great solution. I just wanted to vent my anger. 
take a black day and and be my beautiful black self today. And um yeah. Y'all tell me what you think. But I have felt attacked. <laughs> you know, for the past two months. I those are the microaggressions that I deal with. Cause sometimes, you know, when you work from home and you run your own business, you don't feel like, you know, you have to have those run-ins with with white folks. So you don't really deal with all the microaggressions, although, you know, social media, television, we're still getting them. But this was one of the ways I got them. Like it's a bombardment of them since January. And we all know why. We all know why. Um, this started in the summer of 2020, you know, with the protests. And um, it just really amped up in January. The, all businesses were on board now, <laughs> you know, since uh, Donald Trump was no longer there. So now all of them are on board to appease the black folks um, in some way, shape or form by using the word diversity and inclusion instead of, you know, black. But anyway, I digress. I just want to leave you with that. But everyone benefits off of the experience of black people except black people. Y'all send me love and light. I will continue to send love and light to you. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Dope Black Chick. And until next time, peace and blessings.